Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is uh, Believe Sports Business, Sports Media, along with Tom Hofarth, Los Angeles Times, Sports Business Journal. I am Fred Wallen with you every week, uh, talking almost every week, talking about this, that, and anything in sports business realm, uh, sports media realm, and whatever. And uh, uh, guest tonight will be LeVar Ball, talking about his 499 uh, sneakers from Big Baller. No, he's actually not going to be with us. But Tom Hofarth managed to talk to somebody who doesn't like to talk a lot. LeVar Ball does like to talk a lot, but this guy talks very seldom. Stan Kroenke, the owner of uh, the St. Louis, Los Angeles Rams, and, of course, uh, had part of the team under Georgia. Then he had the whole team under Georgia. Georgia never drowned Carol Rosenblum. You know who we're talking about, Fronteri. And, Tom, you had a chance to talk to Stan Kroenke. Yeah, it's a story I'm doing uh, for the L.A. Business Journal, another one of my outlets for my freelance job and um <laughs> it, it was it was funny because I, I when i try to do research on guys that i'm going to interview i you know try to see what else has been done about him especially recently and there's not a lot of stan Kroenke information out there um he just doesn't do a lot of interviews so we were working with kevin demoff on trying to get this lined up and kevin said yeah i think i can give you 20 minutes and we all right you know and then he was going to be at his office in inglewood and he had some flight issues and he goes can, can you do it over the phone I go, yeah you know whatever it takes and and as as uh, Kevin and I are just talking, you know, off uh, we're talking about XFL and stuff like that. And Stan just comes on the phone and he starts talking to us about all this stuff. And before you know it, uh, this 20-minute interview they were going to give us, like we ends up we end up going uh, 45 minutes. And uh, it I was just doing the transcript on this, and it it was like 5,000-word transcript. And usually a story that you read in a newspaper magazine is like 800 words top so my job was not only to transcribe all this but to really boil it down because there was a lot that we covered and um, to me when I'm interviewing somebody that the, the interesting part to me is what kind of a what kind of books are they reading how are they learning what are they learning about and I think when I started that conversation with Stan because in the sports business what he likes about owning the Rams and you know he, his family owns the Denver Nuggets and the Colorado Avalanche and the MSL team in Denver, and, and they've also got some eSports, and they own the Pepsi Center, and now they're building SoFi <laughs> Stadium. So it's like the interesting thing to him was that sports is a business, and it's a fun business. And, um, and, I, and so we were talking about kind of books that overlap those things, and his background really is in real estate development. And... I was surprised that the book that he's reading these, these days is called The Future is Faster Than You Think, How Converging Technologies Are Transforming Business, Industries, and Our Lives. It's by the Santa Monica-based author Peter Diamidis. And basically the premise is, is that uh, the faster technology changes, the faster all areas of our life change, and it just affects everything else. And he's very interested in how technology is going to influence SoFi Stadium, which is, again, why they hooked up with that sponsorship for all the naming rights. But he really believes in his eSports uh, ventures that the technology is, is really going to speed up a lot of things. In fact, when we ended up talking about challenges of building SoFi Stadium, he really believes, and I, and I started laughing about this and I felt bad about it, but it, it's funny, he believes we are on the cusp of having flying cars soon. So I said, does that mean SoFi Stadium is going to be equipped 
to, to do, you know, flying cars at events because he thinks the stadium's going to last 100 years. And he said, we have to think that way because we didn't even think when we were building the stadium that there would be this service where people get into a car and have you dropped off and picked up without having to park. So our parking now might be bigger than we even anticipated because we didn't plan on Uber and Lyft and all these services as, as a way for people to, to really get in and out of games these days. So they're always constant, you know, altering plans and trying to figure out which of these 300 acres around the the stadium is going to be best used. And um, just a fascinating interview, and, and I, I'm, I'm really happy the way it came out, and I'm happy to sort of talk about it as far as, you know, how he felt about certain things. And um, so, I mean, I, I, I was able to give you a copy of the story so you could kind of look it over, too. What, anything that jumped out at you that you thought was, was kind of interesting? Well, I, I just want to ask you this, because uh, yeah. with the coronavirus uh, shutting everything down Italy and uh, uh, no attendance in uh, uh, Japan for Major League Baseball, how do you think Stan would uh, vote on this if uh, the NFL said, uh, and, the, and the public said, and whatever the case might be, no attendance for the National Football League as the coronavirus grows and grows and grows some more, and if it's growing in September, what do you think his opinion would be, again, being a capitalist, but on the other side, uh, being a human being? After talking to him for 45 minutes, I'd love your thought about what you think he might be thinking. Well, it, the interesting two thing, I, I kind of skipped over the fact, you, you you probably know he's one of the largest shareholders in the English Premier League's Arsenal yeah. football team, so he yeah. does have a lot of overseas interest. So um, I'm sure that is a concern of it. But one of the things I think we talk about, how sports is so much of a TV game right now, it's just sort of a TV entertainment, that if you can get the players to perform on the field and the crowd's not there, it's still a TV show that people are going to watch, and which is another reason why SoFi Stadium is going to be state-of-the-art in, in, in how digitized uh, and, and sound and everything is taken in as far as what what television equipment are going to be in place for this. So um, we didn't talk specifically about that, but I think he's, he's open-minded enough to think that there is a way around us and, and um, the sport being such a, televi- a, a television show as it is, it could probably survive in that way without people at the, on the, at the field because of the way it still will generate income from, from television revenue and advertising. So that's kind of what I would think about it because I don't think it would be much of a long-term thing, you know, until this thing gets corralled. So, you know, if everything else is shutting down, I'm sure he'd, he'd have to go along with it. But um, I don't think he would fight it. I, I, I think he would just sort of roll with it. It kind of seems the way he is. Not a long-term thing, or we're all dead, one or the other. Yeah, sure. Uh, there it is. Um, uh, he's Tom Holforth. I am Fred Wall, and this is uh, Believe Sports Business Sports Media. So since we're talking NFL, since we're talking Stan Kroenke and the Rams, NFL's got some litigation. Uh, uh, some people are suing uh, AT&T, DirecTV, Sunday Ticket. They want to be able to get... Their game, let's say your favorite team is the Philadelphia Eagles. You don't want to buy the entire league. You just want to buy the Eagles. Now, the NBA has got that, where for, you know, one-fifth the price or one-fourth the price, you can just get your favorite team no matter where they're playing. And some Eagle fans and some other fans are taking uh, the uh, Sunday ticket and AT&T and DirecTV to court. How do you think that's going to end up? That's a rather interesting thing. Can the NFL uh, sort of lock themselves in together uh, under rules of our government, I don't think that's the case. It's just my opinion. I think the fans have a very good uh, 
point that they'd rather pay 50 bucks rather than 300 and just get their favorite team. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and, and well, first of all, I think DirecTV and the NFL have been in this partnership for so long that they kind of have to fight this together. But I don't think the NFL and DirecTV are necessarily going to be business partners for long, just the way that, the way that AT&T and DirecTV is sort of uh, crumbling around us. And NFL wants to sort of get the, get the uh, NFL Sunday ticket out to different outlets, you know, as far as Google or Amazon or some other service. But I kind of agree, as a consumer, I don't, if I don't have to pay $300 just to watch my team, why would I be interested in all the other teams? It's sort of, you know, the difference between a cable bundle package and then, you know, I just want to watch a certain sports channel, so let me, you know, get a, a YouTube service and just focus on my, you know, what I'm willing to pay for. Um, because that's the way, that's one of the reasons, interestingly, why DirecTV said it never wanted to take Spectrum Sportsnet or the Dodgers Sportsnet LA because it felt like those who didn't want sports were paying for those for those services and it shouldn't have been on a tier that, you know, everyone had access to, that if fans really wanted those sports, they should have to pay more for it and, and specifically uh, whether it's on a sports tier. But, uh, yeah, I, I, there's all kinds of antitrust laws that are involved with this that I don't pretend to know, but I think just as a consumer, I would be just on board with, with you know, let me pay for what I want to get and don't make me pay for things that, you you know, on this big package deal that I'm not really interested in. Tom, you mentioned YouTube. Yeah, it's rather interesting what uh, YouTube is doing over the last couple of weeks. They dropped all the uh, sports regionals. So right. maybe, maybe you drop DirecTV, you drop Dish, you drop, you drop Sports. You, you cut the cord and you sign up with YouTube. And I don't think you've got to sign up to any long-term thing, but the point is that's pretty rotten. You know, and people who just sign up and maybe they are sports fans and they're not getting what they would get, you know, if they still had the cord, but they figured they'd at least have the sports regionals and boom, YouTube drops the sports regionals. Any thoughts? Yeah. YouTube is acting now like all the, a lot of other cable systems have done in the past. And it's kind of funny because that, you thought that YouTube would be a nice alternative yeah, in there and yeah. being the same thing that everything else has is, is, is happened with it. And, and I do know people who have taken um, like a Spectrum cable service just to get the Dodger channel during the season, and when the season's over, they drop that service <laughs> and then they pick up YouTube. Just because why would I pay for the Dodger channel when there's no games on, right? I don't need it month after month in December and January. And then they'll pick it back up again. They just go back and forth. And, you know, again, that's probably financially uh, smart. It, you know, it's a pain in the butt sometimes, depending on which one of those you have hooked up as your email service or your wireless service or whatever. But if you can figure this stuff out, and I know my, my kids do it much, much more adeptly than I do, and they're much more flexible and, and can adapt to these kind of changes, but when Fox Sports channels and, you know, if the, the Fox Sports regional channels, which now Sinclair owns, when they start getting hacked off of your, your YouTube service, and that, that's, that, that's, you know, that's just going back to square one, and it's, it's too bad. But, you know, there's no really safe, really safe place to go, I think, if you're going to cord cut. You just have to, you've got to be nimble and be willing to sort of like, okay, they're going to drop. What am I going to do next? And <laughs> some people are going to wait it out, and some people aren't. So, it's, it's, it, you know, now YouTube is all part of that mess. Folks, you have any thoughts, you can email us at sportsfred at AOL.com, sportsfred at AOL.com. That's Tom Hofarth. You can read his stuff in the Los Angeles Times, Sports Business Journal, L.A. Uh, Business Journal. And uh, the stuff on Stan Kroenke will be out next week, and uh, we'll talk more about Stan and uh, what uh, Tom got out of that 45-minute interview. And Tom made you know, a very valid point. I mean, uh, the, the 5,000 uh, words uh 
far more than most interviews are. And, and you've got to give him credit to Thomas for putting that whole thing together. However, you also won a bet from me last week. Uh, I, I bet, <laughs> I, I, we, bet a, we bet a penny that uh, my UCLA Bruins uh, would lose uh, – would no would not go better than one and two in their final three games, the Arizona schools and USC next Saturday, and you said they would go better than that. And of course, they knocked off both uh, uh, Arizona schools, and they still have USC on Saturday, and they're still on the bubble. But here's the question, and we've got to go back to the virus thing. Would you go to Las Vegas right now? I mean, and you think the Pac-12 uh, is right or wrong if they're going to go along with getting? Uh, Thousands of people together at the, in, in yeah. Vegas uh, uh, for it, and and of course right now today we started uh, the uh, uh, some college tournaments, and and again folks are getting together, and certainly that's the way you pass the disease from person to person. And I'm not, you know, Sandy and I go to the gym three four times a week. I'm not even I don't even feel safe there. But Tom, how do you think about the Pac-12 and the NCAA in general as far as its tournament is concerned? You know, cause sometimes these things are on a week to week basis. Lately, it's been a daily basis. Now I sort of think it. I feel like it's on an hourly basis on what information we have and don't have because of outbreaks in certain cities like Seattle or Los Angeles, you know, declaring a national emergency kind of thing. Um, personally, I, I'm not that concerned about it, but I understand completely everyone else's concern, and, and I don't, don't want to, to, to diminish this at all. So... I don't talk about it like it's in like oh well I you're crazy and I'm not because it's it you, you have to be safer than sorry and whatever circumstances you have to to adjust to I think are necessary and in all walks of life whether it's church or work or school you all have to you know kind of live by some more new rules right now and Las Vegas to me is not that much different than going overseas. I mean, it's a it's a travel town where people come in and out of from all over the world, and bring with them, for what you know, lack of a better word, germs. It's it's they bring their own experiences. And when you you know have someone that's getting off a boat trip, you know, and getting docking in Los Angeles, you know, they're coming on shore and they're bringing whatever, you know, things they brought with them. And that's 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 just the way of the world. And you can live in fear or you can live in you know, uh, and believe what the experts say. You can listen to the, what the president is saying, which doesn't make a lot of sense and all this stuff, but that's a whole other issue because he's, you know, more interested in the stock market than he is in public health. But um, it, it would not surprise me if these games, you know, at some point aren't played before fans. I don't think that's going to solve anything. It's, it's a sad sort of state that we have to be in. It still could be televised. We can still watch these things. But, uh, you know, we're, we're such a communal people. We need to get together. Sports is what brings us together to sit together and to cheer and to high-five and all that stuff. And, yeah, if we're not high-fiving each other and celebrating, then that, that takes a whole, you know, aspect of sports that out of the equation that just, just does not make it fun. Should they cancel the games? I don't know. I hope not. But, you know, we've seen this before with different issues, with different reasons, you know, public safety, you know, violent world that we live in. And sometimes, um, you know, during 9-11 there were some sports that continued without fans or, you know, there's rioting in Baltimore and they played some Oriole games without fans. And it's just a... You, you, you just have to sort of roll with it and hope that people make the decisions for the best, for everyone's best, and hope that people are understanding and sort of like let's you know let's just get through this safely and and 
Uh, to me, the Tokyo Olympics are so far away. You can't say whether they're going to happen or not, or whether they get pushed back or not. And I, and I, you know, because of where they are and the location and everything else, I can see concerns growing, you know, every day about that. So, you know, not being a doctor or a lawyer, or, or you know, just being a person that that is concerned about humankind and, and everyone being safe. I think I would rather be safe than sorry. So, you know, I'll, I'll go with whatever the experts tell me I have to do. Not as important, uh, but uh, will the loser of the USC-UCLA game still make the NCAA tournament if one of them does not win the Pac-12 tournament? Yeah, that's a that's a whole other thing because it all depends on what other teams do. If the Stanford tanks, you know, some of those flashed four ends, if they start tanking as well, then it opens it up. I think a couple weeks ago, Joe Lunardi at, at ESPN only had five Pac-12 teams in, and now he has seven just because of the fact that their resumes have been strengthened and others have weakened. So it, to me it's amazing you even get three from the West Coast Conference because they've always just had Gonzaga and maybe one more. But now BYU and St. Mary's are playing so well. And some of their small conferences are making better cases. But in the end, the strength of schedule and how you've done about certain things, the numbers will add up, I think, to support – getting whatever teams belong there. And, and sometimes the stuff is out of your control. All you can do that's in your control is win a game. Uh, and, and to me, again, I still see UCLA beating USC on Saturday, and I see UCLA going to at least uh, you know the final game of, of the tournament. And I don't see USC going that deep. So in this whole process, USC, because of what they did before this, was sort of the, 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 the ceiling where – if USC faltered, then UCLA would replace them. But now they both seem to be they be you know raising their their level at the same time. So they they stayed equal. It's too bad they have to play each other right now and, and you know ding each other's record at this point and maybe even again once in the tournament. But um, it, it's you know th- that's why winning at the beginning of the season and everything is very much important as winning at the end. But UCLA, I think, caught a lot of breaks to get to this point too. They could have had the, the streak and still been pushed down just because other teams are, are doing much better. But there's so much parity in different regions. I think that they lucked out in a lot of ways and and moved their way up to the top because they could easily just be in the middle of the pack based on everyone else being better than them. But uh, it just hasn't turned out that way. That's that's the fun part about watching. Everything's just sort of, you know, coming and going as, you know, as, as two 12 seeds try to play in, into the game and, you know, 16 seeds try to play in. It's, that's what makes this sport so great. Unfortunately, you know, it's such a short season that we don't get this, this, this groundswell of support for it until the very end because, you know, games in November and December are just as important. And, but now the, now the games now are so much more fun to watch. Cal State, Fullerton, and Hofstra. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's still a, that's on their resume, unfortunately. Tom, you're a sports writer, but stay away from crowds, okay? <laughs> I, I do. I love staying at home watching on television. I'm just fine with that. I wish I could watch the Dodgers on TV, but of course, uh, Larry Scott didn't make that possible on DirecTV or Dish Network or anywhere else. And uh, hey, Thomas, we'll talk to you next week right here on Believe in Sports Business and Sports uh, Media. That sounds great, Fred. Thanks. That's Thomas Hofarth, Los Angeles Times, Sports Business Daily, and L.A. Uh, Business Daily. I am Fred. You could email us, sportsfred at AO.com. Thank you, Scott, for putting it together. We'll see you next week around the corner right here on Sports Business Los Angeles and Sports uh, Business and Media Los Angeles right here on Believe. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.